Hello and welcome to Wake Up, Take a Minute with Andrea Holman. I hope you are ready to have a wonderful time today learning about my ministry and others who are encouraging you to grow and show love. In a world of noise, it's hard to know who to listen to and who to tune out. Thank you for your bold choice today listening to Wake Up, Take a Minute with me, your host, Andrea Holman. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to me and where you are at in the world. I hope you're having a wonderful day, and I'm excited to share with you the topic we are going to discuss. But first, we're going to start with a little song. There will be peace in the valley for me. Oh, Lord, I pray there'll be no sadness, no sorrow. No trouble, the trouble I see. There will be peace in the valley for me. Oh, Lord, I pray. How many of y'all remember those songs from the old days? I grew up with those songs. Now, they didn't sound like that in my church, but that is the sound I wish I could have heard through my whole lifetime because they're saying with a lot more feeling I sing the songs from my childhood very differently than what I was taught to sing them as. And I love that. Now that I'm an adult, I can experience those songs the way that I really feel like my soul is meant to experience them. And I don't have to worry about anybody judging me from the next church pew over. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. After all, we are in church and we are supposed to be focused on Him and the peace in the valley. I hope you enjoyed that rendition. If not, just stay in your pew. It's okay. Your church pew is great. I'm just going to stay over here in my church pew. That way I can have more fun and it will be so much less irritating to you if I stay there. (laughs) I'm pretty sure my mom and dad were stared at quite enough with the fact that I had what you called ants in my pants and could never sit still. If they would have told me that the good Lord would have struck me dead on the church pew if I didn't sit still, I still would have squirmed. I'm sure my mom was just praying for the day there was going to be some peace walking through her valley. Today's episode in our series, A Mom's Job is Never Done, is properly named Peacemakers. Oh, the drama. You know, years ago, they came out with a study about the birth order and where you were born in the family depended upon how you acted and how you were kind of raised as a child. It's interesting for me because I am technically the baby, but also a middle child. My little sister Amber swears she is still the baby of the family, and she is not, even though she's five years younger than me. She tried to steal my position, but that did not happen, y'all. I will always be the baby. However, let me tell you, as the baby of the family, it's true, I do get what I want. My siblings say all I have to do is pick up the phone and my parents come running. I said, well, I can't help it that they enjoy seeing me more than they do you. (laughs) It's an ongoing battle. It's tough being the baby. However, as the middle child, I have responsibilities to uphold. There were several roles I played in the family, but my favorite was being the peacemaker. I really was. If my brother and my sisters were fighting, I was the peacemaker. If my older sister and my younger sister were fighting, I was the peacemaker. If the dogs in the neighborhood were fighting, guess who was the peacemaker? I had to jump in the middle of the dog fight. Literally, I did that more times than I can count. I was always the peacemaker. And anyone listening to this podcast, please don't go do that. It's very dangerous. It seemed like in my life growing up, I was always the one trying to bring people together and make it to where we all could get along. That was something I was good at. 
I enjoyed it. I wanted people to get along. I think it also had something to do with things I went through in my young childhood. I didn't want the attention. It's something that I required in order for people to be around me. Even though my drama on the inside was running wild, everybody else around me had to be calm or it just wasn't going to work. One of the things I came to realize about being a peacemaker was that unless there was drama, there was no need for a peacemaker. The very thing I tried to stay away from ended up being something I was really good at doing. Isn't that funny how that works? Looking up the definition of peacemaker, used as a noun, it's a person who brings about peace, especially by reconciling adversaries. Well, let me tell you, I could reconcile some adversaries. It was very rare anyone ever experienced me mad. There's a lot you have to do, but if you ever get there, there's only one of two ways that situation's going to go for you. It's either where I'm in that frame of mind where I can recognize quickly that something is happening in that person's life that has caused this situation to occur and I'm able to pause and pivot to take the appropriate action with all the variables taken into account. And when you are in these situations, if you've ever been there, you know that this happens within seconds of the incident taking place. So things are moving very quickly. A lot of it depends on the environment, where we are, and who the person is. In fact, this brings to mind a very funny story. I will never forget being at an acquaintance house among friends and new people that I had met. This one person had been drinking quite a bit and as I walked into the room, she asked me to come over to where she was sitting. However, she called my name and then she called me something else with that. So I sort of stopped mid-step, looked at her, and recognized that she was not really in her right frame of mind. However, with alcohol, it does tend to bring out the very honest feelings of people and how they feel about you. So therefore, I said... I'll be back. I turned around and walked away and I never came back into the area where she was. In that situation, I was able to recognize very quickly that there were a lot of things happening at that moment. She would not remember anything in the morning and it really wasn't worth causing a scene. So I removed myself from the situation. But you should have seen all the head snaps when those words left her mouth. It was silence in the room. It was pretty hilarious. They were just waiting to see what I was going to do. Then there's the alternative. The alternative is where I'm unable to make that mental shift quick enough. And if the truth be told, we've all done it. So in those situations, I am going to tell you what I think. And we may or may not be friends after that. And please know that that is okay. We don't have to be friends with everyone. However, we do need to respect the fact that everyone has different opinions than us and they have the right to those opinions. And I do respect that factor. Now, if I disagree with you or someone disagrees with me, it does not mean that I'm going to be rude or loud and disruptive in the conversation between you and I. Because there cannot be any resolution with that mindset. It's just that you will know exactly where I stand when we are finished with that conversation. Plus, who knows? We still may become friends. It does happen. In fact, one of my really good friends, we are actually friends because of a situation that took place just like this. <laughs> so you really never know what God has in store for you when you meet people who push your buttons. I think it's a very healthy thing for relationships to have those conversations when you disagree or when someone upsets you. 
Otherwise, those issues continue to break down the relationship. All you have to do is take a look around and you can see that we have some serious unresolved issues that need to be discussed, dissected, and disconnected. And what I mean by disconnected is that there are connections that have been made over generations and generations to all segments of our population. And despite the efforts of many, many people, they have continued to grow like a virus in our communities. And unless we discuss them, dissect them, and disconnect them, I do not believe the work that's required to make it better for the next generations will have the ongoing impact I know we want to see in this country. So if you are a peacemaker, how do you bring people together while surrounded by the drama? The more that life threw at me, the more I started to realize I had a pretty good skill set. So I started to hone that skill set and used it to help resolve issues around me with my family, friends, and my career. When I would hear of a problem, first I would seek out the people involved and try to understand both sides of what happened and pinpoint the issue that caused the disagreement. At that point, I was able to assess how the person was feeling, where they were at in their thought process, and hopefully identify a potential resolution. I was very good at de-escalating situations. I had two secret weapons. I can really read a room and I like people. I had the ability to be able to pick up on cues that other people possibly missed, especially from a personal standpoint. I approach people on a personal level. I'm genuinely interested in them. I ask questions. I want to learn about them, their life, their history. It's how they speak about these things that actually reveal what I'm looking for. What am I looking for specifically? Well, it depends on the situation. However, one of the main things I'm looking for is the wound. The wound is where the emotion comes from. The hurt, the pain, the anger. It's rarely something that happened recently. It's usually something that's been building over time. Of course, there are situations that happen immediately, which hopefully that can be resolved a little more quickly. However, unless you can identify the source of the emotion, which sometimes honestly has nothing to do with the situation at hand, you're really at a loss to be able to connect to that person and help shift them to a mindset of resolution. The next thing I'm looking for is the trigger. What was it that set this situation in motion? Was it something said? Was it an action taken or an action that was not taken? What was the catalyst that caused this wound to feel? Remember that this wound is a living entity by itself. It can heal or it can continue to be opened if the true cause behind the wound is not revealed. So the trigger becomes the catalyst for what happened. And that part is usually pretty easy to discover. After all, that's why we're here. That's how everyone knew there was a problem. Of course, there are times when the catalyst is unknown. You must take the time and do the work to figure out exactly what it was that triggered the incident. The issue, the problem, the conflict. Only then will you be able to move to the next step, which is resolution. When you look at the definition for resolution, it is a firm decision to do or not to do something or the quality of being determined or resolute. When I look up the meaning resolute in the Bible, it's firm in purpose or belief, characterized by firmness and determination, an unshakable faith. When I saw the word resolute, the absolute very first thing I thought of was the resolute desk. <laughs> and the only reason I thought of that was because of the awesome movie, 
National Treasure with Nicolas Cage, where he is running around the world trying to solve a map that will lead him to a mass treasure. But given the fact that I recalled this, it actually intrigued me to learn more about the Resolute desks. Here's a brief history lesson. The HMS Resolute was a ship from the 19th century that belonged to the British Royal Navy. It was specifically outfitted to go on an Arctic exploration where they were actually trying to find the captain and crew of a previous ship that had launched from Britain and was lost to the Arctic. However, in 1854, the HMS Resolute ship was abandoned because it became stuck in ice. In 1856, an American whaler actually found the ship and the United States government bought the ship from the whaler, fixed the ship, and then sent it back to Queen Victoria to be used by the British Navy for an additional 24 years before it became decommissioned in 1880. At that time, the Queen ordered two desks to be created called the Resolute Desks. One desk stayed with the Queen and one desk was sent to the President of the United States of America as a gesture of thanks for the rescue and return of the Resolute. I find this entire story pretty amazing, and the reason why is because we had just finished the War of 1812 and 1815. We were barely 40 years past being out of war with this country, and yet the United States government went out of their way, above and beyond, to continue to solidify their relationship with Britain. And that's what it's all about, y'all. That's the golden nugget, relationship. You must build a relationship with others in order to connect and bring resolution. It takes hard work. You have to be willing to dig deep and do the work. It's not gonna come easy. As a peacemaker, what we do is we identify the pain, the hurt, the emotion, the wound, and we work on the catalyst. What was the trigger point? We have to dissect that and shift the mindset and disconnect the untruths so the virus can stop growing. When the virus stops growing, then you have things like hope, trust, peace that can grow and create an opportunity for us to be able to make connections so that we can find a resolution. Resolution, a firm decision, the act of resolving or determining upon an action, a course of action. In order to have resolution, a decision has to be made. No matter what the decision is, it will cost you something. As a peacemaker, we cut through the drama. We identify the wound, determine the trigger, and help shift mindsets to a place of resolution. I have to say I'm so glad that I'm a peacemaker and that I learned that skill set early on in my life. It's helped me through many challenges along the way. I've also been able to help others in challenges that they have faced, and that's something I feel good about. The hardest lesson for a peacemaker to learn is when to walk away, because there are times you must walk away. I want everyone to get along. To me, sometimes the resolution is very obvious, whereas those involved are not ready to make that step forward. And that becomes a very difficult situation to be in because you're basically stuck between two rocks and a hard place <laughs> when people will not budge. However, you keep trying and trying as long as you can, and it's not to your detriment emotionally, mentally, physically. So I will say from one peacemaker to another, if that's the role you play, keep up the good work, keep getting involved, and press forward. Sometimes resolutions take a very long time. Sometimes resolutions are quick, but each one is worth it. So good luck to you in your peacemaking endeavors and cutting through all the drama around you. Thank you for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, be you, because I'm taken. Hello, this is Andrea Holman. 
you're listening to Wake Up, Take a Minute podcast, I wanted to share with you my mission today. My mission is to help others be authentic and grow, to find their Wake Up, Take a Minute moment and step out into their purpose. This episode is sponsored by In His Hands Promotions and Ministries, helping others share their gifts and God's message of love. You can contact them at info.inhishands at gmail.com.